0: What's up, STEM Music Nation? Happy Black History Month. I know it's been a while since we've released a podcast episode, and that's because I've been a little bit busy. I'm happy to say that we are back with this episode that was recorded nearly a year ago. I wanted to mention that as there are many parts in this episode that we might say something like, last year such and such happened, or last week this happened. And really, we are referring to 2020, not the year 2021. All in all, this is a great episode about perseverance, determination, and faith. Get ready to learn all about a brilliant bridge engineer right now. Everywhere we go, call it people gotta know, Call it we're gonna make it flow. Call it stimulus, call the We call it STEM music indeed. Welcome to the STEM Music Podcast where we highlight multicultural STEM professionals and the music they love. I'm your host Roy Moy III and today we have a very special guest from the OHIO. He comes from the E in STEM. He holds a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and a master's degree in civil engineering from the University of Akron, go Zips. He has worked on large bridges around the country including the Roebling Bridge in Ohio that is a historical landmark. Currently, he is on the National Committee for the Young Professional Group at the WSP Canadian-based firm. And in 2019, he was awarded as a 5 under 35 alumni from the University of Akron. Last but not least, he served six years in the Air Force as an aircraft electrician. STEM Music Nation, please help me welcome bridge engineer Joshua Thomas to the STEM Music Podcast. What's up, Josh? How's it going?
1: What is going on, Roy? I appreciate the offer to come on to the show. I'm super excited to talk with you and just with the rest of the STEM Music Nation. Super excited to have this conversation with you, man.
0: Man, I'm I'm happy to have you. STEM Music Nation, we met in Nesby. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, sure. And so um, it's cool to connect. It's cool to connect. So we always start out with our first question, how did you get into STEM? You mentioned something about roller coasters, which I happen to love. So take us into that story. How did you get started in STEM?
1: Yeah, no, great question. So I feel like everyone has a different journey getting into STEM, getting into engineering. Um, For me, I knew from a little age that I liked math. I knew that I liked science. Um, And when I went to high school, I continued to like those subjects. And it was really just, you know, the daunting question that was asked to you at a 17 year old, uh, what are you gonna do for the rest of your life, right? And so here I am just thinking, um, you know, my dad was really supportive and some other people in my life were really supportive with just trying to gear me towards my interest levels. My dad was the first person that kind of like mentioned engineering a little bit here and there. He didn't actually know what it was. He's, his background is counseling, so it's not
0: okay. for
1: STEM at all. But for me, it was like, OK, um, I knew I liked math. I knew I liked uh, physics. I was taking that in high school. And there's an amazing theme park near my um, not really near my home, but it's in the state of Ohio. Um, and I absolutely loved going to it. It was called Cedar Point. Uh, Best I of Houston think...
0: Park in the world. We got to pause and let that breathe. That yes. is... <laughs> hands down,
1: hands down. Like Literally like
0: 17-something roller coasters or something There's, like that?
1: Yeah, 17 and counting probably. I have no idea. I would lose count because they, it seems like they build a new uh, roller coaster every year there. But yeah, so like for me, it was the roller coaster was just so fascinating when I would go to Cedar Point when I went to Kings Island, which is down in Cincinnati. And I was in line because um, one day you I mean, obviously when you're standing in those lines you kind of just start to think um, mm-hmm. a lot because you have to wait a long time for roller coaster rides. But one day I was just like in the line, just thinking like, I wonder who actually designs these roller coasters. And as I was trying to like have answer that daunting question of what am I gonna do for the rest of my life, I was just thinking. I'm gonna do that like i want to be a roller coaster designer like let's go um so i just started doing a research as far as who designs roller coasters i thought about architecture i thought about mechanical engineering electrical engineering and um, architecture i started to see like okay uh can i actually draw something um, and the answer to that is no, I'm um, a very bad drawler, and a lot of colleges were asking for portfolios and all I can do is stick figures. So I'm thinking like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that career. I also started to think if I was an architect um, and I designed something and a civil engineer or a structural engineer would actually tell me that this won't be stable, then I was going to have to change that whole design. So I wanted to be a person like, no, this can actually stand, this can actually work. So that all in all was just like my first introduction. And that's when I decided I'm gonna study civil engineering in college. And the rest is now history. Um, I think we'll probably talk about a little bit more into the career as far as I'm obviously not a roller coaster engineer at this point. Um, And that's not actually as much of a passion um, for me now. I actually am in my true passion, uh, which actually changed a little bit when I was in college um, on an internship um i was working doing transportation engineering uh, for a company and there was a bridge engineer in the office and she took me out to bridge and just showed me all these different um components of the bridge and gave me the names of each area of the bridge and i just fell in love that day and haven't looked back ever since um i guess that's a true love story right there of how i fell in love with bridges and now I'm doing it. I'm an actual bridge engineer, which is crazy. I sometimes have to pinch myself to
0: remind myself
1: that I'm living my dream. So
0: that is that's incredible. No, I think just the way you shared that, I can see uh the passion, you know. Um, and I love the fact that sometimes I think this is kind of happening to me in real time in my real life. Sometimes we don't even know what our passion could be, um, or what at least one of our passions could be. Um, and we kind of get introduced, and then next thing you know, we're like. I kind of like this. I kind of love this. Let's go, you know. Right, so that's right. that's a really cool part of your story. Uh, so you kind of answer some of the the questions I usually ask up front in regards to high school because you were talking about you were taking physics. You were talking about you know you're taking your math classes, doing all the things that you needed to do um, to prepare yourselves. And then and then and then obviously you said okay. I want to go into civil. I love how you had the thought process too. You were talking about uh, from Roller Coasters, which STEM Music Nation, this is kind of the first time I think I've had opportunity to share my love <laughs> of Roller Coasters on this podcast, but I grew up obsessed with Roller Coasters and, and um, many of the listeners, y'all are young professionals as well. So you were around the time we are the generation that had, um, you know, we, we we had YouTube in the early stages, but like in our younger years, we really didn't have YouTube or internet wasn't as accessible as it is now. And so I remember I'd be at the library trying to look up roller coaster books, and I just sit there and flip through them as many times. Then my mom's like, "You want to check out that book again?" I'm like, "I just need to see roller coasters." And then my parents are from Ohio, STEM music nation, so that's why I was super excited up top in his intro. My mother spent some time at the University of Akron, so she is a uh, a partial zip, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah. um, and and they both grew up in Lorain, Ohio, which is um, near. Cleveland area, about 45 minutes uh, west of Cleveland. And so they grew up going to Cedar Point. And um, man, so they always talked about it. And I'm like, I just want to go there. So I try to get books on that. And so finally, we got to go. And uh, it was amazing. I think I've been three times now. So I'm still obsessed with roller coasters. And anytime, uh, you know, a new one comes out at Cedar Point, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out a time to get up there so I can ride one. But I think it's interesting how, you know, that passion kind of then got you to think about, okay, architecture, and then it led you to uh, eventually these bridges via an internship. But um, you you get into college, and you're like, I want to study civil engineering. Go ahead and, and walk us through that journey, because I, you kind of did highlight some of these struggles um, that, you know, we kind of got the overarching, okay, from roller coasters, had an internship, now you're doing this thing professionally. And uh, I think what's so great about you being a guest is that you mentioned in the pre-interview just some of the struggles and obstacles you went through um kind of how nesby became a part of that, kind of how the air force became a part of that. so just take us on that journey uh that could inspire some future civil engineers, future bridge engineers and how you how you kind of got through that uh to get where you are today.
1: yeah, no, great, great question again. and like where do i even start? you know it's uh like, I could probably spend two hours. I could probably write a book on just the story. Um, and it's just been an incredible one. Like, God has definitely given me a very incredible story that I'm grateful for um, yeah. during parts of the writing process of the story. Um, there's definitely some tears, there's some blood, there's some agony, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, I'll say it started back in high school. So, like you said, I'll go back into that um, path of it. Um, So in high school, like I mentioned, as far as like my passion building with the different uh, subjects and with uh, the actual career that I was now striving to do, um, I would say that I was focused to a point in high school, like I always had like a drive to want to at least go to college and that was just like a thought pattern I had. Um, but there obviously were some distractions. I won't lie and just say that I was just like this amazing student. There are certain subjects that came a little bit easier to me than others, but yeah, I ended up graduating with a 2.9, um, so it wasn't anything to, you know, brag about. There wasn't obviously any scholarship academically coming through. There was a lot of people that were uh, thinking about studying engineering um, in my class that were like the 3.5 and above students and Mm -hmm. so there's already a little bit of um, comparison that was Mm -hmm. kind of coming into my mind and just thinking okay am i actually going to be able to be as uh good as these students that are like you know 3.5 and above in my school am i actually going to be able to mount some engineering you know so there's nobody in my family that was in engineering i was the first engineer of my family. So I didn't have the at home support mm-hmm. in the sense of how can you actually do this? How can you actually study? What does it actually mean to study to be an engineer? Um, I had the support of just like, you know, you can do it. Yeah. But there's a difference of like, I've actually been there. I've been through the struggle. I know how, what it takes to actually be an engineer and this is how you do it. So I didn't have that roadmap. So I went off to college as this little tadpole, I'll say, and was just in the water in the ocean, just like, okay, how do I swim? Like, let's figure it out. My dad, once again, being a supportive man that he is, he encouraged me to join this, you know, organization I've never heard of called Nesby, and obviously you mentioned it earlier on. And one of the things with it is that he just told me like, hey, this is a group that. I, like did some research on, it might help you um, gain some support on campus and meet some other engineers um, that are in your career and everything. So I was like, all right, okay. So I went ahead and tried to find NsB on campus. And at the time, the University of Akron, we didn't really have a um, active chapter uh, Okay. Nesby. And so I kind of like, was doing my own thing and ended up into i'll say the uh party lifestyle a little bit because mm. i felt you know college is like the movies you're supposed to just go to parties and enjoy it like not go to class like i mean maybe every now and then <laughs> um but yeah so that kind of like became my testimony of uh that and on top of that i also um uh, when I was in high school, I'll go back real quick because when I was in high school and graduated the two point nine, um, taking the ACT and the SAT. Honestly, I don't remember my SAT score. Um, like that was such a you know weird number grading scale of how they do things yeah. with SAT, but that's a whole another topic. But um, the ACT, I actually only scored an 18, and with that, once again, that was just like a deterrent and also. A comparison piece of I see all these people that are studying engineering with like a 26, 27 um, and they're upset that they got a 26 and 27. Thinking right. that they needed to get a 30 and stuff. And I'm just like, I would have been crying and happy as heck if I would have gotten a 26 or 27. So once again, the comparison came into mind. And with that score, I actually tested three math classes behind um, when I ended up going into college. So I was in a class uh, called intermediate algebra. Um, So I needed to take that. I needed to take college algebra, then pre-calculus before I got into calculus one. And for those that don't know, to put it in perspective, calculus one is where you're supposed to start Mm. um, as an engineer. Um, That was once again, another deterrent. And I came on campus with a little bit of a hothead, I guess, thinking like, what do you mean I've tested and interviewed in algebra? Like, I'm smarter than this. Um, I can do that. So here I am thinking, like, on the top of the world, they just like test, like, put me in the wrong class. I don't deserve to be here. Um, I ended up meeting a lady on campus who became my mom on campus, really. Her name is Dr. Julie Zhao. And she actually helped me a lot with telling me, like, hey, um, go ahead and get an A in these classes. Don't worry about, like, the title of the class and like that you're behind just go ahead and get these a's and so first semester i ended up getting an a and second semester i got like a a minus b plus but flew through those two math classes and did pretty well my first year had a little bit over three point but once again with the party lifestyle i probably should have had a four point but didn't pay attention as much as i probably should have in other classes so then i took a summer class of pre-calc and going into my second year, I was finally in Calc 1. And here I am just like, all right, see, like I knew I could do this, like, let's go. Um, And I started to hang around people who were in different majors. So uh,
0: I'm
1: not saying that other majors don't have to study as much as engineers, but um, there are certain ones that don't. Right, Uh, once you don't don't have
0: classes on Fridays at our school. I was so mad. I was like, what is this?
1: I didn't get blessed until that, like my last semester. Right. What do you mean you don't have classes your freshman year on Fridays? So I started to get distracted, I'll say, is the best way to describe it. And I thought I didn't necessarily need to study as much because they didn't study as much. Mm. And um, through that, I ended up failing calculus, not once, but twice. Um, My first semester in calculus, I failed. Second semester, I failed. I also failed uh, or got a D in Kim one and then you can actually pass with that. So I was like, I don't want to take it again. So I'll just take it on my transcript, whatever, yeah. and then ended up getting um, failing Kim two. Um, so here I am. It's so embarrassing to admit, but I had a 1.4 GPA at one point. Um, and I've never like, I didn't even know you could actually get a GPA that low. I'm oh. just thinking, I, I thought it starts at a 2.0. <laughs> no what do you mean I got a 1.4 this semester? And yeah. It was just once again another hurdle, another a higher hurdle. It felt like I was um, needing to do a pole vault or something over this hurdle, and I just started to think like, okay, I need to get my act together. I need to do something. Uh, My brother gave me um, a really encouraging thing to join the world's greatest air force, Um, and. That summer, I he twisted my arm. At first, I did not want to do it. I, I'll admit, I kind of was just like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to do the military. Like, mm-hmm. if I I, if I do, I, I I want to be an officer immediately. I don't want to enlist first and go through that um, because at the time I was actually in the RLTc to become an officer.
0: Okay.
1: Um but. Due to like how long it was gonna be taking me to graduate, that was not just not gonna be in the picture. And my brother was one, like I said, to just give me the encouragement, like, hey, you should just go ahead and enlist, like it will help pay for school um, and it will give me some structure. So finally, I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and do it. So I took a whole year off from school and went through all the training in Texas um, and decided the career path of aircraft electrician, which was nothing. Uh, you know, in my wheelhouse of um, I want to be a structural engineer. Like, what does electrical, um, you know, aircraft electrician have anything to do with that? But it was a career opportunity that was available, and. Like I said, it did help pay for school and it was an incredible career to actually learn a little bit more about as well. Um, I did some really cool things within the air force, that's a whole nother subject. But um, uh, no,
0: I want you to dive into some of those you things. Want to, you might yeah, just dive a couple of things, okay. especially because I think that's such a um interesting uh career within the air force, but also within the world of STEM. My father actually yeah. works. Um, as uh, somewhat in the electrician trade, um, you know, he's actually in the army and he's in Kosovo at the moment of this podcast that we're recording, and he'll he'll be back. Um, and so, um, but when he's not working in uh, the army reserves, he's doing electrician work. So, um, and I think he was on the podcast uh, earlier this year, and I was like, or last year actually, and I was I was so shocked to be like, wow, he he's been in STEM this whole time too, right? Because there's a part of yeah. Of, yeah. of STEM that's within um, being a, an electrician. So yeah, go dive into that a little bit. Tell sure. us about that.
1: Yeah, cool. And I'll get back to like how that actually impacted when I got back to the school too. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so like when I was in the Air Force, I was an aircraft electrician um, on an airplane called the KC-135, which for those who are not airplane nerds, um, pretty much it is a flying gas station. So you have this big boom um, at the back of the airplane that actually pumps gas to other planes in the air. So it's really cool. It's a cargo, huge cargo plane, not the biggest. Uh, there's like C5s, C17s, um, but it was really cool uh, to actually work on something that you just see get lifted off. When you like put your hands onto an electrical part and you know like you changing this, it's like potentially life or death for the pilot and for the people that, that's on the plane. Um, that just like puts another emphasis that you need to double check. You need to like make sure the safety wire is good to go and um, that you've ran the checks, you ran all of it to indicate like, okay, this is like safe to safe, safe to fly. So that was a really cool career um, and I was able to travel the world. It gave me a traveling bug. Um, I went to Guam was my first deployment, uh, which was a beautiful island i never like even heard of guam to be honest i never heard of guam really before finding out that i was gonna be get, getting deployed there um but yeah beautiful territory of the united states actually mm-hmm. and then my second deployment was to qatar and i was in 2016. wow and that was a whole another um experience of itself um, very hot there obviously and um i never had been to the middle east before, so that was really cool opportunities for both and yeah ultimately like there's a lot that the air force has shaped me how it has actually shaped me into the man that i am today um there's just so many structure aspects there's just discipline there's um etiquette like there's so much like just understanding the you know the chain of you know you you start a certain area like there's definitely times i think in our generation that we feel like we need to start at the top
0: yes like
1: just understanding like yeah it's okay to start like I, i i hate to say at the bottom but just like a status starting point as lower than where you're going to be. Right, so so you, so you career, can you know? so
0: you can learn, so you can actually learn. Right. It's it's so funny you say that. I'm a part of it too, the Music Nation. So, uh he's talking about me cuz when I first started out, <laughs> r- well right before I went into my first role as an engineer in industry, I was serving as region 5 chairperson in Nesby. We've talked about that before on this podcast, but Josh and I were just reflecting on that before we got started. And um I really enjoyed that experience so much. I, I thought it was great. I love leadership and leading a team and, and and working on stuff and seeing things come together. And so like one of my interviews for one of the places that I was potentially thinking about working at, I was like, and so um, in regards to management, like think about this, like this, this, yeah. like you said, this tadpole, this tadpole graduating high <laughs> school in his first interview, he's talking about management. And, and I remember one of the panelists was, was Man. like, yeah, that's, that's probably seven to 10 years down the road, you know? Um, but we can, we can tell you about it. And I knew at that moment, it was at that moment. <laughs> I knew I was like, this ain't, this ain't going to go too well. Cause you kind of, um, biting off more th- than you can ch- uh, chew. And you're definitely, not starting definitely. at that starting point that you just mentioned, um, yeah. of trying to make sure that you're going to learn and grow and kind of, be, be humble, Roy, you know? Right. <laughs> so that was something I definitely had to learn. And I can clearly see how that uh, is provided within um, the military, you know, from my dad, from friends, mm-hmm. other friends that I have who are in the armed forces. And so what I want to say, thank you for your service. Appreciate um, it, man.
1: Appreciate it.
0: So, so appreciative of anybody who who dons the uniform to fight for our country and provide us the things yeah. that we have. I mean, like I said, it's in my family, so I, I, I know it well. But um, you mentioned you know, just these different experiences of, you know, kind of traveling and getting the structure and understanding the pecking order and even Mm -hmm. growing in your leadership skills. And so when it was time, because one of the things you said is, um, and I think is a great benefit of of, of serving in the armed forces is school being paid for, right? And so you decide, okay, it's time to journey back into this, um, you know, I love that okay yeah you had a year off or you kind of took some time away but that you still had this end goal in sight which is why I love your story because I think uh sometimes we have the you know stories that are like I did this 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 and now I have and those are perfectly fine like that's great but there are people out there who might be in the same exact spot that you were in um they might be there right now or even in you know a lot of young professionals listening in your career being in a spot where you're like here's where I really want to be but here's where I am right now so as you kind of begin to pivot back into schooling what, what did that look like and how was that experience moving forward now that you kind of had this experience of discipline leadership and and understanding from the air force
1: yeah no um like i said it's just it did so much for me in just the structure and just like gaining just understanding of like okay how can i actually now take this into the real world um, i like what you said as far as just like it is not just a straight path a lot of times like there's definitely just like the curves there's the um mountains there's the terrain there's sometimes you know like you're driving under the bridge it seems like um but for me when i got back it was okay um i knew i wanted to make an impact i knew i wanted to showcase like number one actually i just wanted to actually like do it uh mm-hmm. so when i got back to the university of akron i was in calc one again and wow i I finally passed it and there was just like a whole new drive. There's like, it seems like a Josh 2.0 when I came back on that campus and I just knew I was determined. I was like, okay, I know I need, like what I need to do. I know how I need to do it. Um, There's the quote, um, I think Albert Einstein had it or maybe not, but he's going to like have the quote. But anyways, the quote is that if the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And here I was, if I were to do the same thing, I would literally be insane. Mm. So I knew I needed to switch it up. I knew I needed to do something different. Um, so I finally passed Calc 1, passed Calc 2, and I like I've never failed another class the rest of the college.
0: Wow.
1: Um, and I'm not saying that that's a, contest- a testament of just like, oh, look at me, now I'm a genius. Yeah, um, yeah. No, like I said, there's definitely some tears that came through there. Um, I did almost fail another class, which is water supply, which is a whole nother story. But I barely passed that class. And sometimes C's and D's get degrees. Um, I don't condone those by any means. But there is definitely some on my transcript that will not lie. I also knew I wanted to make an impact with, like, I know you have indicated on STEM Nation, like myself as well. I'm a Christian. and I just love how God has, like, really impacted my life. It is just like, it was so incredible, like, God just like pouring into me of, I want to impact the next generation. And mm. so I was like, okay, God, how can I actually do this? How can I actually make an impact to the next generation? So I started to mentor, I started to do things of that sort. And obviously, Nesby started to pick back up again on our campus. Okay. And at this point, I was just like, I actually want to um, be a part of the board. Um, and there is a opening uh, to be president. And I was like, why not uh let's go <laughs> and so um through like leadership uh kind of going to your question with just, like how air force kind of helped with that um i felt as though i like was a person that could potentially give a good direction for nesby mm-hmm. on Akron's campus i had gone to some nesby conferences nationally and uh regionally and i saw like, all these other all these other uh campuses having this phenomenal nesby chapters and i was like why not Akron you know yep. uh, Through that, um, I was able to like give that another piece of just giving back to the next generation. We'll talk a little bit more maybe with um, what I actually did within NSBE um, later. But yeah, those were some of the things when I got back to campus. It's just, okay, how can I actually, number one, strive in engineering and gain my education um, and what you go to school for? Um, And then how can I actually then give back to help others um, that are like me? Because- I always say that you don't have to be a whiz kid to be an engineer. Um, you just have to be persistent. I hope that's one thing that people are hearing through my story is just, uh, I'm a persistent person. Um, I fail a lot, um, but I get back up. I guess I'm like Rocky. Where <laughs> you'll see me in the uh, sixth, eighth round, whatever, bloody all over, but I'm still fighting. I'm still swinging and I'm still standing. I think- that's the biggest thing I just want to say is my takeaway.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that is man, I'm I'm so inspired by your story um because I do think it's like rocky. I do think it's very powerful in the sense that you know the gospel song that says we fall down but we Here get we up. right? Well, Donnie McClurkin, shout out to you, but it's so important because I think that's about engineering but it's about life. And mm-hmm. sometimes um I know myself I can be caught up in trying to show and appear that oh I'm never failing. I'm always doing something right. Right. On Instagram, on Facebook, want to make it look yep. all nice and Thanks. stuff, right? And it's like, but my, but, but in real life, Roy, <laughs> you, yep. you you've had some failures. Um and and the the secret is just deciding to get back up. And sometimes yeah. you don't know how you're gonna do it. You don't know, you know, and and I think the thing that I love the most about what you just shared when you came back or you started going back to Akron. you had to take calc one again Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's like you didn't and and to me that just explains what you said earlier like you know our generation wanting to skip ahead or whatever it's like nope you had to go right back to that same class again um and so it thoroughly depicts the journey um but also depicts what you just said that your uh, persistence paid off and i definitely think within stem the world of stem science, technology, engineering, and math, you, you do have to be persistent, because even if you are a genius, if, even if it does come easy to you, when you're trying to solve the big problems of the world, you know, you got a lot of pushback, right? And yeah. you gotta, you gotta have to, you know, you're gonna have to be persistent to find those solutions to those huge um, problems in the world. So um, I think that's a great lesson for STEM Music Nation, no matter where you are on your journey, Um, to just be persistent and understand that, okay, you know, something I literally was, you know, thinking to myself about this package, engineering package I was working on, I was telling Josh about it, STEM Music Nation, right before we got on, Is like, okay, there were some failure points in here, some things, you know, my leads and stuff were like, hey, correct this, correct that. And I'm just getting frustrated because I'm like, I need this thing to be due and like meet the due date and deadline on time. Um, But what I kept trying to remind myself is, well, at least you're learning. You know, at least you're learning, and so I think sometimes the best lessons we learn, or the way that we learn something and never forget it, is through failure. And unfortunately, it doesn't feel good, but um, it, it's something that will, you know, and can definitely stick and help us, um, you know, move forward. So um, mm. I love, I love that, and and I definitely resonate with your Nesby um, journey, and and you can talk about that a little bit, but you being chapter president at University of Akron, I was chapter president at Wichita State and it's same sort of thing, right? Like you get this experience on a national or regional level where you go to a national uh, convention, which at the time that we're uh, recording this to music nation, it is the Nesby national convention week, which is pretty cool. Um, They're doing it virtually this year, but uh, Mm -hmm. you go and you see all of these black and brown engineering students and professional engineers at the career fair. and, And you're just like, Wow, like I'm not alone. And then you were like, why is our campus not like that? My first conference uh, convention I went to, it was like me and one other person. And I was I literally had to hitch a, a ride or or join become a part of Oklahoma State's uh, Nesby chapter because I didn't have anybody there with me from Wichita State it was like, cool, but it was also like, this is whack, like, where's my chapter at? So I did the same thing. I went back and was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta change some things around and get people involved. So um, tell us a little bit about your, your Nesby journey, um, and, and then we'll jump into how you decided to go on into your master's. And if those two are joined together, feel free to, to talk about them both.
1: Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, when I first got on Nesby's uh, or Nesby's campus, Nesby <laughs> should have a school. That'd be dope. That'd that be would a- be dope.
0: <laughs> we do have the world, head, uh, world headquarters in Alexandria, uh, Virginia. Yeah. Um So I guess that could technically be our campus, but we should. Sure, we should. Sure. Like Nesby need a school.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Um, no, when I so when I stepped on Akron's campus, um, like I said, I didn't really see a Nesby chapter that was um, doing a lot. Um, I was searching around that whole first year, um, and Found nothing. So my second year, um, before going to the military, um, I actually was asked like, "Hey, do you want to be the treasurer?" I'm like, "I don't even know what this organization really is. Like, what do you mean?" Um, But I I said, "Yeah, Um, I'm a person who I I like taking opportunities, especially if I have the time and the um, ability to do it." And so I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I said, "Sure." So. That year it was my first time going to a Nesby convention and it was actually in Pittsburgh that year. And I just remember going there. It was just me and the president. And I don't even think we really took full advantage of that, that convention. Um, because later on when I actually went to the conventions, I was like, why did I not do
0: this when I like first like my first year going? Was to this Nesby? in 2012? Yes, it was. That was my first convention too. And it was no the way. same, it was the same thing. It was just me and the president. <laughs> But that the president, so <laughs> he was a he was a non-traditional. That's crazy! Wow, that's the music wild. nation, we're finding this out live. <laughs> he, he was a non-traditional student, um, and what I mean by that is he was like 28, you know, for okay. for undergrad. So that's you know, just was a little different. And he had been to, I guess, two other Nesby conventions, like one the okay. one that was in Toronto and Vegas. And, oh, and wow, he was okay. like, I've already been there, and so he literally stayed. I think he just went for the career fair. So he just stayed yeah. in his um in, in our hotel room. Yeah, and I was out. just on was my, I was just on my own. I was like, yeah. "Yo, what's going on? Yeah. What is this? What
1: what does region for mean? Like, right? <laughs> you know, I had a region that I was in, you know?" So that was my first convention. That's why that, that was both of our conventions uh first. Um, yeah, so from there I came back to Akron and I'm just thinking like, you know, like we need to bring this back to Akron. Um, but that was the year I ended up taking off. And mm-hmm. there were some like a little bit of uh, headwind with Nesby, at least with other people, with other, okay uh students. So when I got back, there is a president. Um there's just like a lot of transitioning going on with our chapters, um, president and everything. Um so finally there is an opening of um going for the presidency. I did actually have to run against somebody. Um And luckily I won, like, Mm -hmm. thank the Lord I I got the opportunity to um, take on that role. Um, And one of the things I wanted to do is just change the norm of what NSBE was on campus. I didn't want it to just be like, hey, you come here, eat pizza and hear about announcements, get deaf by PowerPoint with announcements. I'm like, (laughs) we can send those in emails. Like, I want something that is you can take with you. You can like think back like, man, I remember this one person said this to NSBE uh, meeting that we had. Um, so I wanted to bring the business side of things to it and just the structure to it. And so once again, bringing back the military, I
0: was going to say, you got that Air Force training. <laughs> you said, Oh no, what we doing here? Where the structure at? Yeah, Let's go.
1: Like, we're about to be marching in these meetings.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: so I started to just like reach out to all these companies in the area. We have Goodyear headquarters in our, um in near Akron. We have, uh for synergy we have the lecture. we have like the cleveland clinic we have all these um, companies that are huge that yeah. are right in our backyard so i just did a cold call like worked on my business development skills over here as a student and undergrad um and sure enough a whole bunch of companies are like yeah let's team up let's partner so i started to have people come to our meetings they like provided food for us we got sponsorships we got People like I said, coming to the meetings and actually giving talks. Every meeting we had a different person from a different company giving us a talk. Um, our Nesby chapter began to grow. We had about 10 from when I started to about now 50 on a regular basis coming wow. to these meetings. Um, and it's not just me. Like there is no IN team. My team, my board was just like so phenomenal, so incredible. Um, I was a visionary, but they were also just like the people in the trenches doing the work. And one of the things I had a vision of doing is, which I'm just like so proud of personally that we did as a team, was um, something called Nesby STEM Day.
0: Okay. And so I had this
1: idea. I was like, you know, we really need to give back, not just to the students, like the freshmen and the seniors that are in undergrad, um, but we need to incorporate like, okay, how can we reach back to high school? Um, okay. Because if kids don't hear about engineering in high school, how are they gonna even be in engineering in college? Uh, I'm sure we can get the people that are already into engineering, but we need to like create engineers, you know? So I was like, okay, I wanna bring kids on campus and inspire them and empower them. Um, There's one thing to inspire, but there's another to empower them. So I wanted to actually empower uh, the next generation somehow. So we did this Nesby STEM day. It was for eighth graders on campus because um, i felt like eighth grade is that pivotal year where your grades start over um you're a fresh you're clean slate exactly. and now you can actually okay if i want to be an engineer if i want to get an academic scholarship i know now from freshman year on to senior year in high school i need to bust my butt and get to the ground running and everything so um it was incredible i my vision um i am a visionary so i envisioned, 200 students coming on campus from all different uh, Akron public schools um, in the area. And we didn't get that. Um, our first year, we got about 40 students that came, um, but still from different Akron public schools, uh, which was my vision is just like, okay, I wanna actually reach each Akron public middle school. And I wanted to have 200 people. Um, so that first year, like I said, we had about 40. Second year, we had 120.
0: That's what's up.
1: So just like more than doubled. Um, I kid you not, man, like that thing is still going on to this day. Uh, they have up. their fifth uh, Nesby STEM day. This year it had to be virtual, of course, but it's, I just look back on like, it. We were in a newspaper one year and it's just like so incredible that um, we as a team had done something like that. Um, and it just shows like how much of an impact you can actually have while you're young. Kind of reminds me of David and a lot of other people in the Bible, right? It's just exactly. like- don't think that your age means that you have to be um, have a small impact. You can have a huge impact no matter what your age, no matter what level you're at. Yeah, you can still make a huge impact. So fast forward, um, ended up joining the regional board, going into grad school, and I was a regional treasurer. Okay.
0: And crazy
1: enough, man, my last Nesby convention was in 2018, once again in Pittsburgh. Um, and it's just so wild. Cause I, here I am, like I was a chapter treasure when I like had no clue what I was doing yeah. uh, when I first got there in Pittsburgh was my first convention. And then my last convention, here I am the regional treasure in Pittsburgh again. So it was just like really wild. I was just like thinking and dwelling on that. I was just like, there's a complete, just like 180 of just my, yeah, where I was within lesbian, just where I was as a man as well. So
0: that's, that's such a great story. And, um, the Music Nation, y'all already know, I get passionate about Nesby, Man, uh, we just had our professionals chair, Camila um, Samar Majeed, a, a couple of podcasts ago, more than a couple of podcasts ago. But um, yeah, I, I just think there's so many people that I talk to on this podcast uh, who've come through Nesby, and you just see leadership skills and and just the ability to adapt and adjust. Cause you know that Nesby life, they, just like it happened to you. They're like, hey, do you wanna be treasurer? It's just stuff like that. They're like, what, you wanna do FRC chair? I'm like, no, we need somebody in Wichita. No, you're the guy. Wait, here's the stuff. Whoa. And then, it, and the next thing you know, you're planning it and you figure it out and you, you know, get the help and you have the Where team and down? all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's funny, you said your second year, so, so you served twice as president.
1: Yes. See, yep.
0: I wanted to do that. I literally wanted to do that. And it was because of that daggone FRC, which I love now. i was so happy <laughs> I did it. But I was, I, Josh, I was mad. I was like, I we had done some things. We had 10 people go to convention, which was a huge deal. Like, we were so excited. And I was like, OK, I want to build on this. I want to, you know, da, da, da. but you know, it taught me something. And I don't know why I'm sharing this story, but I think it's valuable for, for you, STEM Music Nation. Um, I, I had to leave, you know, so I could plan the fall regional conference. And I had an amazing time doing that. But what happened was it really showed me the power of leadership that it really, one, isn't about you. Like you said, Josh, you said it's your team, right? That you were the visionary. I'm the same way. I'm very much a visionary and you're going to need a team to help. Um, And what it taught me is like one of the true meaning things, I guess, for me about leadership is that, you know, once you're gone, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what impact do you, do you leave? And, and just like yeah. you, you said yeah. the fifth one or whichever one is happening of the Nesby STEM day, it even happened virtual. And that's something that you had the vision for and it's still going on. And so when I became FRC chair and couldn't be president anymore, I was so, you know, uh, but you know, we got a new president and I was still there. You know, I was still going to chapter meetings and stuff. And, and, and they were very much a part of our conference. Um, some of them on the conference planning board, but that following year, our chapter one uh, small chapter of the year for uh, Region Five or something like that. And it was just like, wow, you know, like that's something that I was aspiring to do. And I thought I needed to be in the role to do it. Um, but clearly, mm-hmm. the next president was able to kind of take the reins from from what I was able to do before. So, man, it's, it's uh, I love Nesby so much. And yeah, uh, and real you know, quick,
1: I want to add on to that because uh, what you said as far as just like leaving something, I honestly, I started to feel like Nesby was my baby. And <laughs> to leave my baby with somebody else was a challenge. Yes. Um, I was just like, OK, are you sure you're like, can, are you sure you can take care of this? Like, um, But it is just like so rewarding just to see it continue. And uh, honestly, I wanted to get to get even better once I left. Yeah. You know, um, I heard a quote once that Uh, Great leaders are not really missed because they train other great leaders. Mm. Um, And so if you're really, really missed um, after you leave, then you kind of have to like check yourself a little bit because maybe you didn't do the best training the next. Um, And so I was like, man, this is so incredible seeing as we still flourish. And I'm praying and hoping that it just continues to grow and grow more and more. Um, in the years to come. So yeah, I just wanted to add on to that.
0: No, yeah, I think we're on the same page. It's so crazy. Like, it's, it's, it's very interesting, because we know each other, but yet we don't know each other. And I feel like, (laughs) but we kind of still know each other. I know that's super confusing. But it's like, man, (laughs) how in the world do we kind of have these same attributes um, in, in regards to who we are? Um, and, yeah. and, and what, what what we're passionate about. But speaking of, of being passionate about something, you, you mentioned earlier about having this internship, this this mentor of yours introduces you to bridges and mm-hmm. what bridge engineering is and all right. of this stuff. And so you end up progressing through, You you get your undergrad, you get your grad, and then you're now in this role as a bridge engineer. And so I would love for you to just talk to us about like, What is a bridge engineer? I think I have an idea, but maybe I don't. I done seen some some pictures of you in in rope training, like Uh he was like hanging in some ropes and stuff because I think you have to wear harnesses or something like that when you're on bridges. So um, tell us some cool stories. Tell us first, what do you do as a bridge engineer? What is that? Um, And then explain that picture of the ropes, because I'm like, man, this looks fun, but also scary at the same time. Um, And any other cool bridge stories you want to share?
1: Sweet. Yeah, no. So bridge engineer, um, ultimately, you can do a couple different things um, or a few different things, probably, but you can be an inspector um, where you're actually inspecting the bridge. You're looking for uh, any type of deformities or any type of corrosion loss. Um, If it's a concrete, you're looking for spalling, delamination. Um, you're just making sure that you, the bridge is stable, obviously, Um, any type of deficiencies that you see, um, that is the big thing that you're just inspecting. And then you end up doing a report later on just to the client, just to say like, hey, this is uh, one of the challenges um, that the bridge is facing. And these are some of the recommendations in which to fix these changes or fix these problems. And that's, as an inspector of a bridge, that's kind of like, easy or I guess, easy way to explain that Um, as a bridge designer, you're actually before the bridge is actually um, there, obviously, you're in the background, doing all the um, drawings, doing all the calculations in which, okay, what type of bridge do we need over this river um, area that you're designing over? Uh, What kind of bridge do we need? What type of vehicles are going to be on it? What are is it just going to be a pedestrian bridge? Is it going to be both do we need like a sidewalk do we need this do we need that is it going to be a cable stay is it going to be a truss is it going to be you know a suspension so there's just a lot of different planning that goes into part before you actually even design and then with the designing you have just the civil engineering courses just coming back to the uh roots to figure out like okay what type of angles do we need here what type of elevation do we need here um in order to actually design something over the and there's so there's a lot of calculations there's a lot of computer software we use autocad a lot we use microstation and we do a lot of bridge analysis in order to see what the fatigue areas are of the bridge and everything of that sorts so that is pretty much just like a surface level once again of what a bridge designer does they definitely do a lot more and so I do a little bit of both um, I actually do inspection I do design as well, uh, we work on a lot of rehab work which is going to be a lot of my career probably where we are designing. Um, bridges that are already there uh, we're just making changes so like if a uh, stringer, um, which is an I beam, there's different components of the bridge so there's the stringers that go longitudinally along the road below the, um, the deck that you actually drive on, of course. There's stringers and then there's girders um, that are every so often. Every span has uh, two girders that support the um, stringers, the beams. With those, we, yeah, we will we'll inspect those. But um, pretty much that's like as a bridge engineer, you're just doing those different things to um, incorporate just the whole picture and bring all the forces back down to the ground level. That's that cool, is, man. Yeah, that's that cool, is that. man. Come- um,
0: Come on with the terminology in here. We're learning right. about bridges. Okay. Right. And it kind of as, a, as <laughs> I, an aerospace engineer on, on my side of things, I'm like, ah, you said stringers. And so, like, I'm like, oh, I kind of have an idea what that is because of we have string stringers in our airplanes, you know. And so mm-hmm. those are some of the things that we're also trying to, you know, if you're on the stress side of aerospace, like figure at least at my company, figuring out, you know, what the stresses and strains are and what's the limit, the thickness, material, yeah. and all that stuff that you yeah. need. And then we're doing the designing of you know what those stringers look like um so that's really cool that's cool that, yes. that and, and in the same way we also have um actually <laughs> in my role right now i'm uh working on a plane that is already in service so it's in the same way that you're talking about it that's kind of cool that's kind of yeah. cool
1: so the coolest thing so far um like you mentioned with the picture with Leon ropes um so one of the things as an inspector we have to do is yeah inspect High up into the onto the bridge, so so uh, you can't be afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah, no. Luckily, I like roller coasters, so I'm never afraid <laughs> of heights. Um, to me, honestly, like I'm not a huge adrenaline junkie per se, mm-hmm. but I definitely love heights. It's just like so fascinating when you're up there on a bridge and on the top of a bridge, and just like look down at the cars, look down at just the scenery. Especially when you're in a nice city or a nice um, area, it's just like wow, this is so beautiful. And usually, bridges are obviously over with water. So just that scenery in itself is just like usually just so amazing. So the coolest bridge I've probably worked on so far, uh, which has probably been my favorite bridge so far is uh, the John A. Roebling Bridge in Cincinnati. Um, And John A. Roebling is actually a uh, civil engineer himself. He's a civil engineering legend. And... He's actually the one who designed the bridge, um, and he also designed the Brooklyn Bridge. Really famous uh, civil engineer right there. Um, So that was my my first time actually on ropes, on the cable of this bridge. And here I am just like rappelling down uh, this cable, and it's just so fun. I'm looking at the uh, skyline of Cincinnati the whole time as I'm just working, is thinking like this is the best office. Ever for work right now, you know, like wow. nobody can compete right here um, so that's probably been my most fun I actually just um, got Sprat certified. And Sprat is just a certification in order for you to have rope access and I just got that certification a couple weeks ago so. Congratulations. Thank you, sir, thank you. Um, so yeah now I'll actually be taking my bridge inspections to heights and we actually are going to be in Kentucky next week and that's going to be my first time doing some more sprat work. So I'm excited
0: for it. That is so cool. Like you said, best office in the world, unless you don't like heights, but the, I can right. just from your Instagram and from a uh, Facebook post of seeing the pictures, Um, man, some, some beautiful scenery, beautiful shots. And, I think that, you know, for someone who, who might be in college or high school who might, you know, take a listen to the podcast, you know, that's kind of cool to know that that's out there, you know, that you can actually do something to where maybe that's not your every single day, but um, it is a part of the job that you get to do, um, a career that you get to do and, and being able to see those sites, but also know that you're making a huge impact on on what myself and others and even you like drive across or walk across um, yeah. That's a big deal so that's that's sure. a really cool thing that you get to do and you know, I'm I'm so glad that you're able to come on here and share it. So we're gonna turn the corner to to end the podcast. You've been just sharing an incredible story of perseverance, persistence, and look now you're working on bridges. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. what I love about your story It's like there there's been a lot of pain, there's been a lot of suffering, there's been detours, and it hasn't been the straight line. But it's like look where you are now, um, and mm-hmm. and you're still in the very beginning of your career. Who knows? What if there's the Joshua Thomas Bridge of Cleveland? I don't know. I mean. Yeah. Look, oh, i trying to prophesy over here. I'm, I'm prophesying. <laughs> Look, I, I, I will, I'll travel on, the, on that bridge any day, man. You know, we're I'm visionaries. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I claim it, I speak it. But um, we're going to jump into the, the songs. Simusic Nation, Um, this is a Christian brother of mine. So if we get to talking about Jesus and God, this is your disclaimer right here. You know, I always do that. But <laughs> um, man, you picked a lot of great song choices. And so I want to go through them. I'm just going to name the title. And the artists and my little three to five bullet points, forgive me if I uh, belabor some of them just because these songs were great. I love the song list choice. So first one we have is River by Leon Bridges. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I love this song so much. Um, It threw me back to the spring of 2018. So around this time, 2018, my friend was graduating from USC and she was on the podcast this season um, from, from USC. And so that's my first time going to LA and he had just put out a new album at that time, which I love that album, but it also made me reflect. And so that song reminds me of that trip to LA. Um, mm-hmm. cause I was, I was reflecting on his older music and, and was listening to river. I put love the guitar. His voice is so just like full of texture. Um, you know, as, as a singer myself, sometimes I'm like, Oh, that note, I don't know if that was right, but it's like, but that's the point. Like that's literally the point of his voice. And I love it. I love the song it has a powerful message when I translate it into the gospel, which mm-hmm. I think is something because I, I was like, you know, I sing, I listen to the song, I sing along, but like, what is he really, ta- I think I know what he's talking about. And I was reading the lyrics again. And I was like, whoa, man, when I think about the gospel, just baptism and like what that yeah. represents to people who yeah. believe in Christ, yeah. it just is like, that's even deeper than what I've been listening, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was his intention, but I assume there was something that had to do with that. So why did you choose this song?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, how do I actually compete to that explanation? Um, Leon Bridges is just a phenomenal artist and he just has like this old school vibe, obviously. And it's just so weird because you're just thinking, is this like, you know, like Nat King Cole era or something? Right, Sam Cooke. right you know um but no this dude is like i think he just started around like i don't know like 2017 2018 or something yeah like so, something like, like i think 2015
0: might have been his first okay. project or something like that yeah yeah Yeah, so not
1: that long right and so to have like an old school kind of like vibe is just really cool to me and yeah that song is just i i'm a guitarist myself okay. um YouTube taught, so not great. Um, <laughs> when I say guitarist, like I feel like I've insulted a lot of guitarists out there now saying that, but...
0: Well, you you can play better than me because I don't play musical instruments. Uh, <laughs> I just sing, so I'm, I, I... Look, you, you're a guitar player to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. I'll take it. I'll take it for the day. So, um, but yeah, I was trying to learn how to play that song and it's just like so fascinating. It's just actually like really easy chords to just like get down, um, but he just makes it seem just so unique because of the finger picking and everything so i like that portion of it just like the melody of it um and, and just like the words that you're saying i do see god through it you know um i think that he does have a little bit of gospel background but i don't know if that song was actually really truly trying to incorporate that or not i know you mentioned something about god in
0: there i believe but. yeah um, and even that line, they washed down the Jordan or something like that. Or, yeah, you know, I'm exactly. like, he's he getting in his water because yeah. he know he shouldn't have been doing what he was doing. And yeah. I'm like, ain't that me? That's, you know, and that's kind of what yeah. I was connecting to, man. Like, you know, isn't that my story, too? Like, there's yeah. some things I know I shouldn't, shouldn't be doing. Let me go ahead and go to that river <laughs> and, and go ahead and get baptized and cleansed, man. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, so yeah, that's incredible this, song. It absolutely is. This next uh, song, Stressed Out by 21 Pilots, at the mm-hmm. time of this podcast, <laughs> the Music Nation. When I listened to this song today, I was like, this, this is speaking to my soul, because I'm a little stressed out this week. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that it was by 21 Pilots. I, I didn't know that that's what this song was called either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the chorus. So when it got me okay. to that chorus portion, I was like, wish we could go back in time to the good old, good old days. I was like, oh, I remember this song. Um, other bullet points... So didn't know who the artist was. Um, now we're stressed out. And I put equal sign adulting. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Then reminiscing on my childhood is kind of the, the vibes it was giving me. So so why was this song on your list?
1: Yeah, honestly. So 21 Pilots, I really just like that group so much because okay. of just, they're just like a summer style group. Like you listen to them when you're in a park, just like on a bike ride or something, just like that is just Saturday afternoon style music, right?
0: Gotcha. Cool.
1: Um, It's awesome too, like both are actually Christian guys um, and I actually played basketball against the um, lead singer.
0: Are you serious? Um,
1: Yeah, he's actually from Columbus and uh, he went to one of the schools that we played um, against in our league and he actually sang the national anthem before um, one of the songs. I remember actually after the game, I was we were like shaking hands and stuff. And I was like, hey man, if you ever try out for American Idol, I'll totally vote for you. Wow.
0: And sure enough, him and this other guy like
1: make 21 pilots shortly after they're graduating high school. And I didn't think they were going to be much, to be honest. Um, But here they are like, you know, winning Grammys and stuff. Um, that's
0: amazing. Wow. Yeah, That's a cool so, story. Great. <laughs> right. So that's
1: another reason I like the group so much, to be honest. But um, yeah, so stressed out that, like you saying this week, that is my week sometimes as well. And like that song is just, um hits at home at times. Just like, we do kind of wish we could go back in time um, when we didn't have to do anything and all we did was like play games and all <laughs> that. And here we are, like now we got bills, now we got deadlines and- Right. We both don't have families yet, but when that day comes, it's like a whole nother added one to it. So yeah, just a cool melody once again. I like how he, does a little bit of rapping along with um, singing in it.
0: And yeah,
1: awesome, it's just like really cool.
0: Definitely, definitely unique too. Yeah, I, I, I watched the music video as well and I was just like, wow, I, I just didn't even know this is who, you know, the, the, the artists were, you know, yeah. um, for the behind the song. I think sometimes it's always interesting when I, find music that way that I already know and they don't know who mm-hmm. you find out who it is that's pretty cool but cool story as well uh this next song and the last three songs really just has had me all messed up I said I'm trying to focus and be serious <laughs> not serious but be ready for this podcast and Josh got me shouting slash crying slash worshiping slash all over the place touching yeah. Yeah. uh heaven uh mm-hmm. by Johnny Swim had no idea who this group was Uh, married couple uh the the woman in the group is donna summer's daughter what i'm like I, so thank you first of all for introducing that's the one part i yeah. love about this part of the podcast is a lot of times i'm being introduced to new artists so um yeah. beautiful group i i put relaxing music the song touching heaven uh it was relaxing music beautiful love song um mm-hmm. you're my hallelujah and I, I like i just like that line i love the double. I don't know what that's called, but like the double meaning, I guess, of that uh, line, how it, you could be singing that to somebody you love or singing it to Jesus. Like, I'm just like, OK, right. I'm, I'm dead. Right. Um, yeah. No wonder why I'm in heaven uh, when I'm holding you or something to that effect is, is the line that they keep going back to in the song and. I'm like, man, that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So i I started uh going off track on YouTube watching like interviews, and I was like, Oh, I gotta listen to the other song. So um, uh, <laughs> why, why did you choose Touching Heaven by Johnny Swim?
1: Yeah, so I love uh the soothing style of music like Johnny Swim produces and yeah, the song Touching Heaven, uh, wild enough, actually, it's about their son. Um mm. So it does honestly seem like a love song. And then it does seem like uh, you could sing that to Jesus as yeah.
0: well.
1: But it was actually to their son. Because that's, um, awesome. that's why at the end of the song, they have like him coming on the mic and like singing and stuff. Yeah. And like, you got me touching heaven. And that's why they're just like, holding you is like, um, I forget some of the lyrics right now off the top of my head. But um, they're touching you is like touching heaven kind yeah. of thing. That's yep. just actually like, yeah, when they're actually holding him. And, that's,
0: uh, a, that's precious. And
1: stuff. So beautiful. Uh, Part of that is one of the reasons I decided to make the song. I can't wait to be a dad someday. Um, Also, you know, taking my time. To be honest, you know,
0: (laughs) yeah, that's a that's been a dream of mine, and I was super like caught up in it, like right when I was graduating. Like I gotta figure out some baby fever, and now (laughs) I'm just like, yo, yo, I'm doing way too much, and you know, I just God, in your time.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So. Um, but yeah, ultimately, like just great melody song and great message as well.
0: That's cool, man. I did i I, I heard you know this baby's voice at the end. I, I wasn't sure if it was or not, so that's really cool. yeah, um, so second to last song we got on here, holy water. Um, oh, mm. I'm like, how did I miss this? Mm. I kind of know how I missed this because I was kind of kind of m i a the last year or so or whatever, and I don't know when this came out, but it seems more recent. Um, but holy water by we the kingdom featuring tasha Cobbs tasha Cobbs is a huge powerhouse you know vocalist in in gospel yeah. music and so i've I never really heard of we the kingdom and so thanks again uh, you sure. know uh man the lyrics of this song the vibe the musical vibe like y'all it's the music nation go check it out holy water by we the kingdom featuring mm. tasha Cobbs it's a whole vibe like it's kind of yeah yeah' I don't know, like, like down South country, but also modern, but also worship, but also, I mean, I don't know. I love the it.
1: choir. Yeah. It's,
0: I loved it. I put just a couple yeah. things. Um, it opens with God. I need you like God. I need, you know, forgiveness, sweet, sweet honey on my lips, holy water on my skin. Like that's kind of like the whole, what encapsulates that kind of course uh, portion. And then at the end, um, the bridge I'm assuming, or the vamp when they're saying like, I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. And it's the only thing that makes me want to change. Josh, when I tell you,
1: Ah, uh, Jesus yeah. last
0: year was like one of the hardest years. And I've said this before on the podcast, um, just in my faith and like losing it a, a, a lot actually, and yeah. coming to a place now, just because of the different things that were going on in, in my personal life. And I, and I'm like at a place where I believe that the grace part Mm -hmm. is the only thing that makes me want to change is like I'm at a place now where I'm like grace is the only reason that I can change and and people are just like you know grace you know God's grace is sufficient for you and I've heard that all my life and I've believed that I've told that to people while I was ministering to people and now I'm at a point where I'm like yo uh, and I'm not trying to take over all all that you have to say Uh, but this song triggered so much with that (laughs) that line that I am at a place where I'm finally admitting, oh, the things that I need to conquer in my life, um, I'm actually not going to be able to do it without your grace, God. And mm-hmm. I think for so long, I've been trying to live like, no, I'll just figure it out on my own. Like, I'll just, I'll just do this, 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 and this. And that's probably part of the engineering in me too, right? Like, oh, if I just, you know, know the requirements and design, da, 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 and then I'll, I'll right. make it happen on my own. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, actually, these things in life that seem so like out of control or like you can't. You can't seem to win in you. I put them there because I want you to know that you need me, and I'm like, no, I don't want to depend on anybody. I just want to do me, and and so yeah, it's like that yeah. line really stuck out to me. Like I am truly in the place in life where I'm like, I can't do anything without you, God, and I need your grace for everything. Yeah. So, like I said, forgive me for belaboring on some of these points, but why did you choose holy water? Um,
1: for all those reasons you just mentioned, man. Um, this song just brings so much peace. Um, mm. And with that lyric, that bridge that you're talking about, that is like, that. It, this song was my anthem last year, man. Um, mm. And listening to the song constantly, constantly of just, wow, like, God, I don't want to abuse your grace um, because that is just something as a Christian, like we do um, at times. And we that try That was to me keep,
0: all last year, Josh. Yeah, that was me you know, all last year just yeah, abusing it. I'm,
1: I'm, yeah, and it's just like, it's hard not to at times yeah. because, you know, like I see- other faiths and everything, and just the discipline that they mm. have in that faith, and I look at me sometimes as a Christian, and I look at other Christians as well sometimes, and it's just like, we have it so good because of that grace, and it's not like we have to be perfect, but yet we then say like, I don't have to be perfect, so that I now can mess up, I can't right. do these things, I, I like justify that now, um, so for me, it's like, God, like, your grace does make me want to change, like, I want to be first of all i can't do it like you said i can't do it on my own um this is not my own will it's your holy spirit working through me that allows me to um you know do the things that are of you that are um honoring you and everything so yeah that that song just like i don't want to abuse your grace lord i need it every day it's the only thing that ever makes me want to change it's just ah like i can sing that over and over again and then yeah the holy water like the sweet honey on my lips it's just how beautiful the gospel is how amazing um you truly understand and god reveals when you ask for it and god reveals the wisdom of the gospel to you it's just incredible um you have to be like you know a willing party of just wanting to learn but yeah just understanding that you get through that is just incredible so it is sweet, honey. It is just sweetness, and it's free,
0: um, it's and it's it's every day, Absolutely. and it's readily. It's just like, yeah. the, I, God, I don't deserve you. Yes. <laughs> like I yeah. just, you know, yeah. like it, it's it's a gift. You can't earn it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. yeah, it's a it's a powerful thing, and I'm excited to add that to my playlist. Like it's a good. I understand yeah. why because because that's the other thing too, to Music Nation. Sometimes these songs, like the lyrics are good, but I love it when a lyric is good and it sounds good. <laughs> Like it it just sounds good, like and they pull the music out and they're clapping at the end. I'm like, yes, like this is this yeah. is my type of song. So we got one more on this list, and I was like, Man, you really trying to take a brother out. I'm trying, I'm <laughs> trying to be focused. Um, cycles by Jonathan McReynolds. Uh first of all, I think of the the uh, social media viral challenge with his like all that thing that <laughs> he was doing, and, and everybody like me and my singing friends, we were making videos back and forth around that time. Uh, in 2018, I think it was the year when when this was kind of out and, and really huge. Man, he's such a great songwriter. And and I've loved him ever since I've, you know, found out about him um, as a Christian artist. One, because his music, you know, I can appreciate traditional gospel music, but his music is like R&B, mm-hmm. Christian music. And I, and I, yeah. and I love that the sonic is just a little bit different than your traditional, um, Jesus, take me to, you know, like you you gotta love those songs and appreciate them, but also um, it kind of makes it more. And even he, he had, I think two albums, Life Music and Life Music Two, or something like that. It makes me feel like, yeah, it's life music. This is just about life and the way that he writes yeah. about these things. So I put so it's so deep. The song is so deep. Mm. And like, uh, like he always writes music for me that's like, gotcha, like Holy yeah, Spirit is man. speaking aloud, yelling at me. Yeah. Um yeah. the the these two lines or this one line that I put, um, the devil le- learns from your mistakes, mm. um, and keeps you in cycles. And and man, you know, like I said, him as a songwriter just You know, he's a Bible believer and and he's I think he's even a teacher teaching students music, but also like in the context Mm. of of Christianity. But just a reminder of like, yeah, there is there is there is a a, a amazing force in this world and there's a negative, crazy force in this world. Um, And and you need to be aware that it can keep you in cycles um, if you you don't tap into the grace we just talked about. Um, And then I love how the song flips from, you know, I'm in cycles and then to I'm not going in cycles. Um, Mm -hmm. Why? Because the power of Jesus. So, man, it's such a beautiful song. And the singing, you know, as a singer, I'm like, if I could just sing like half of the amount (laughs) of all of these singers on this song. So, man, um, yeah. Why, Why did you choose this one?
1: Yeah, man. Jonathan McReynolds hit so many, uh, areas and it just like hit at home, uh, for so many people, because it is just like one of those things. It's like, whatever your struggle might be. Um, it does seem like this endless cycle, um, that yeah. just is never going to end at times. And it can be discouraging, right? Yeah. It's just like, he has that part. You're just like, didn't I overcome this last year? Oh. Um, and then the mention that you had of just, um, the devil learns from your mistakes. And then he goes on to say, like, even if you don't, yeah. you know, and it's just like, yeah, there are some times we just don't learn from our mistakes. We always say like, oh, you know, I I need to do certain things so I can learn from my mistakes. Um, instead of learning from other people's mistakes, we want to learn from our own mistakes. Um, and then it's just like, but then we don't learn from our mistakes right. continue to do it. And so it just hits home for me because there's definitely like cycles that I've gone through where I'm just like, man, didn't I overcome this last year? Like, why is this still like a thing that's just like coming up? But then the ultimate, like, ending of it like you said him flipping and just saying like no I actually don't have to live in these cycles. Um I don't have to like think in the future like, oh I'm just gonna slip back into this cycle. Like, yeah, I'm doing good now, but you know, two months from now I'll probably go back. It's just like, no, we can actually look ahead with success with uh victory uh, because we just celebrated the resurrection, you know, yeah. uh, we already have the victory with that. We already have a savior who has died and shed blood um to literally forgive uh all of those sins that we have done um and even will do and so with that we can have victory we can see like sin does not have its reign over me i i do not have to like live in this you know so i'm preaching to myself right now man it's just
0: now you're preaching uh, to me like, too it's, <laughs> it's that's a great word yeah. and i think i'm just learning that more and more like i came out of last year and into this um into this year literally it was on February 14th where I had like this moment of repentance. And I thought that was so special because it wasn't a planned thing, but here we are on the day that the world celebrates love. And I just felt like God's love was like coming after me. So just like pursuing me with um, all, all of the might of, of, you know, God, you know, and I'm like, man, okay. I don't have to go in cycles. I don't have to go through everything that I was going. I mean, man, last year was just so crazy for me. And it's like, I don't have to go in cycles. And that, that's what this song was making me think about. And, yeah. and like you said, how, because, you know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then, you know, he was buried, but he rose again, which I always think about, um, we didn't, wasn't on the list, but Tra- one of Travis Green's songs is, is you got up so I could get up again, you know? And so it's like, man, you know, he got up so we can get up again because of wow. that very, very fact. He is risen. Um, wow. music nation wow. at the time of this podcast, it's like, uh, the week after Easter. So yeah. yeah. Um, it, it very, very powerful and to know, I think sometimes too, when we're thinking about just cycles, I've had to tell myself like, and I don't always get it right, but I'm like, in this new season, out of fresh repentance, I'm thinking, dude, you have the cheat code to the test, and you just refuse to use it. Like, you know, here comes this challenge again, right, that will put you here comes this temptation, whatever the case may be that will put you right back into that cycle. And for whatever reason, you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go back into the cycle. Instead, you got the Holy Spirit here who's like, you know, get out of jail free card, all the answers on the test. It's like you have this thing, you have this power, you have um, this uh, comforter, this teacher, um, this guide. And you're just like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to do me, you know. And so now I'm trying to flip that just like he flipped it in the song. And I'm trying to move forward and say, all right, Holy Spirit. And not in not in a disrespectful way, but I feel like you're going to catch me on this. But like, I'm like, if you're supposed to do what my Bible says you're supposed to do, I need you to step in this situation right now and do something. And here's the thing about that. It sounds a little bold, but it's like, you know, test me, test me. Right. And in, in every one of those situations, y'all done got me in a whole testimony. In every situation, um, I've seen the Holy Spirit show up. And so yeah. that's built, been building my faith of like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. if i just follow what the word says he's gonna show up and and make a way like um well how that works right yeah like yeah. just follow directions roy and like, wait
1: so you're saying like what's actually written in this book is true oh <laughs> i forgot about that josh
0: okay. i have a whole song called i believe your word is true and you know what all of last year it's the entrance song to my vlogs on youtube and i even yeah. made my uh, video person changed the song because it was too convicting. My own song <laughs> was convicting wow. me. And I was that like, no, no, I don't want to listen to this song because it literally, it's like, I believe your word is true. Like that's the course. Yeah. Wow. But,
1: wow. Yeah. You, have to yeah. Stick song out
0: now. you are, man, you are preaching, you're opening up to my own testimony. <laughs> I'm just grateful though, because like I said, that song really triggered something to me because it's like, I can look back on last year where I was last year in 2020 and where I am now in 2021 not perfect like pastor Mike Todd says but progressing
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and and in a way that is just um out, outside of a, a cycle, mini cycles that have been a part of my life and so man super grateful to God you done got me like i said this is a turned that into a whole sick. church service so we're on <laughs> we're on the final uh question um cool. to round us out and that is you know what advice would you give um a young STEM professional or someone interested in STEM, or it could just be life advice. Um, But what would you want to leave STEM Music Nation with to round out the podcast?
1: Yeah, wow, there's just so many things. Um, I always love sitting across the table from somebody and just like having a full conversation, having lunch, dinner, whatever. Um, But a quick uh, statement I would probably give to a future engineer, um, somebody thinking about STEM um, and just that career as well would be, Trust the process. Um, it's a long journey. Um, and sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can be bumpy. It's not always just straight and narrow, but sometimes it is. Like, don't think that you need to have a struggle. Um, don't be thinking, like, well, maybe I do need to fail calculus twice. So I can be like, no, don't do that. Please trust me. Do not recommend 10 out of like zero out of 10, do not recommend. But um, I would say just have have the persistence um that's one thing that i always think that my story might be able to help with people is that there is like a little bit of the comparison piece that goes into our generation um, and other generations as well i think there's that's just life is that we do compare ourselves with others especially with social media now everybody's trying to compare um, like oh they went on this trip i'm not doing anything with my life they're 20, whatever, and already have a full family and have a house and like all this, but don't allow comparison to deter you from um, where you think that you can be. Um,
0: I graduated
1: undergrad at 25. um, And then that's obviously a little bit older than um, others do typically. Yeah. Like I said, in my story, like I felt some classes, I finally finished my grad school and at 27, I was finally starting my career now at 27. So with that there has been just i always consider myself like um molasses like it moves slow it grows um or not it doesn't grow but it just like moves slow but yeah. so like my journey has kind of been a little bit like molasses but also because molasses is nasty so instead of that analogy i'll say like a bamboo tree because if yep. you prefer like a bamboo tree it takes what is it, about like five or so years To actually sprout above surface, but what you don't see is just all these roots all this stuff that's actually forming under the ground to actually. uh, create what you see um, five years later, uh, which is this massive tree that shoots surpasses all these other trees and it shoots up so fast as well, but what you didn't see is that five years of just waiting. So don't think that you waiting um, and you going through a certain amount of journey. Don't even think about, like, my, my degree, I'm looking, I have it up on my wall. My degree does not say um, how long it took. It says a year, and it says I got it. Exactly. Um, so keep that in mind um, that it does not matter about who, like, your neighbor, like, your friend, like, however they did it. Um, your process is your process trust God's process for your life as well. And God's plan, because you can plan all you want, but God will have some other things in store for you. Um, and those things are better. Um, yeah. You know, it's actually biblical that he has plans for you. Um, and he does not have plans to hurt you or harm you, um, but his, his plans are to help you um, prosper. And so with that, it doesn't always mean like, oh, it means I'm going to be rich and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> successful. That's not what I mean by prosper. It means that His plans for you are what you need and what are actually better than what you actually plan for yourself. So have plans, uh, have goals, um, but allow them to be flexible, allow them to be um, moldable um, and take opportunities uh, with leadership, take opportunities with getting a mentor. If I didn't have mentors in my life, I would not be the man who I am today. And don't think that your mentor has to look like you. Don't think your mentor has to be the same gender as you. Um, I have mentors of all different ethnicities, all different gender, um, or another gender. Um, and so like with that, just like, keep that in mind, um, that yeah, you, you can do it. Um, keep hope alive, uh, keep faith. And at the end of the day, you will be a STEM major. You will be a STEM professional. And you're going to look back and like me and Roy and just be like, wow. We, we made it, man. Like, here we are,
0: let's go. <laughs> we made it. That's great advice. I love to trust the process, um, you know, get, getting uh, a mentor. I think mentorship is extremely powerful. And honestly, as my father said growing up, you know, it's like, you do need to know some things, but it, it a lot of times does uh, boil down to who you know, you know, in yeah. regards to different opportunities. And, and part of that, a piece of that is having mentors to, you know, show you different ways, show you different paths that you can um, go on. Um, I love what you said about uh, the the God God's plan. Drake, no, Drake. It was Jeremiah 29:11, actually. No, but um, but God's plan for your life and and how sometimes it is hard to submit to that. Um, yeah. I was telling my friends the other the other week that I I surrendered my music career to God for the first time in life, which that probably should have happened a long time ago. <laughs> but you know, you're just clutching onto it because you're like, I got these plans and I want to do this, and and I still have my dreams and my plans and visions, but it's almost like, all right. This is surrender to you, God. Like, what do you want? Because yeah. I, I did not think I would be doing children's music with stimulus. Like, that was not in my mind at all. Um, And it's just like, okay, you can have a little idea of what it is that you might want to pursue um, and, and do in your natural giftings or whatever. But God ultimately has um, a, a better plan than we could ever imagine. And I love the part you said where it's not to harm us. Because sometimes it's like, but I want to do this one thing. And it's like, well, what if this one thing, You know, you know, when I think about music, right? I'm like, what if, what if... Being the Justin Bieber, right? Because a lot of times that's where you go. You, you, no one ever has the dream of like, I want to be the local folk singer. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be the, the 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 state fair. So, you know, like nobody has that dream. Everybody wants to be the Beyonce of of, of yeah. the world. And yeah. so, um, but it's like, you know, what what if you're not built for that attention, or you're not built for the comments on social social media, or not, or, or not yet right. maybe, or just not at all, or maybe that's what if that's not you know my calling on your life. So. It's hard to surrender to that sometimes, but it's really good um, to to do that. Cause like you said, he, he knows what's best. But the, the last thing I'll say is I love your bamboo analogy because a lot of times, even for me within music or within my engineering career or other things, you are sometimes you, f- you can feel like you've been working for a minute. And, you know, people are like overnight success, overnight sensation is like any overnight sensation you see is like a 10 years in the pro you know, in the process mm-hmm. before, like you yeah. said, the shooting up. And so that happens you know, Stim Music Nation in your professional career, uh, your family life, you know, all of the different things that we we do in our lives. It's like, if we just remember, ah, Josh said it, I gotta trust the process and yeah. understand that when it's time, you know, things will go uh, grow, grow quickly, but also successfully, you know, cause the bamboo tree doesn't shoot up fast and then fall over. It shoots right. up fast and then it's there, you know. Yep. Uh, until the panda come gets it so <laughs> but anyway man thank you so much uh for coming on the stem music podcast this has been uh awesome to connect and to like you know talk about things in life that we didn't know about each other but in some unique weird crazy way like we kind of have this similar ish story um yep. and i by the way i had to retake dynamics in college too so i still i got a part of that story too <laughs> You know, but you persevere, you get through it. And, and like Josh said, you become the, the STEM professional that we are so blessed to be today. So thank you so much, Josh, for coming on the STEM Music Podcast.
1: Yeah, Roy, thanks for having me. It's STEM Music Nation. Um, it's just been a true pleasure just to talk to all of you. So hope you have a good rest of your guys' day and take care.
0: Awesome, thank you. Everywhere we go, call it STEM News. People gotta know, call STEM News.